What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Up in Flames. As always, I'm your host, Mo Murphy, also VP of the Off the Ball Network. I got a very special guest that I will be bringing in after the intro. Today, We are it's the first quarter report for college football. So we, we are three weeks in of the 12-week season. Uh, obviously, 13 weeks, but 12 games. So we're in the first quarter, the end of the first quarter of college football. And so I got a special guest, nobody else I'd rather talk college football with, but I will bring him in right after this. Warning. You are now listening to Up in Flames. We up in flames, yeah. We up in flames, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Let me hear it, Lambo. We up in flames. We up in flames. We up in flames. Yeah, we up in flames, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we up in flames, yeah. Yeah, uh, we up in flames. Hold on, uh, check this go. We up in flames, yeah. Uh, we up in, uh, yeah, yeah, we up in flames, yeah. Woo. We up in, uh, yeah, we up in flames. We up in flames. And we are live. Once again, welcome back to another edition of Up in Flames. We're climbing close. We are close to episode of 100. We will get there in the most special time, college football season and NFL. We will be celebrating. We are a couple episodes away. I'm sure I'll knock it out here in the next week or two. Um, I got a lot on my mind, but it's the first quarter report for college football. And I felt nobody better to bring in than obviously VP1A, Jeff Hunt, let alone the host of Jeff Needs Sports, the host of the Buckeye Remix. He covers Ohio State. He loves college football. This is his season. He took a summer off. He, he got into disc golf. Now he might be the next disc golf champion on ESPN. The Ocho is where we may be watching him soon. Jeff, what's going on, bro? Dude, great intro as always. Every time I'm on your show, I'm so excited when you invite me on the show because I know we do a lot of shows together and it's great. First of all, love the fit. Love, love I love this Texas. I love this. Uh, is that a Houston Astros? Yeah, uh, Houston Astros hat, and then I'm representing the AAU team that I coach. So, oh, that's the cool as hell, man. I love yeah. it. Uh, great intro. And like, you know, I don't like to throw my weight around, but if I don't have some part of episode 100, I'm going to be genuinely disappointed. You know, 100 because I was, I was like, I from the moment I heard you, I'm like, this guy is is great at this i can't wait the fact that you're close to 100 man like i'm i i I always say this to people it sounds condescending but i mean it in a serious way like i'm very proud of you like you've done such a great job you do such a great show like everything you've done along the way uh that that's awesome you're coming up on that milestone and i appreciate you having me on for college college football talk Uh, i love it when you're on my show we're getting a great response on the uh college football reaction show so uh it's uh things are going really good right now get a little disc golf injury one of my first disc golf injuries nothing Uh major uh throwing a lot of forehands lately try to get a little more distance got some got some abdominal pulls or whatever which you know you know as an athlete can be really uh kind of kind of annoying kind of annoying injury i played through it i played through it you know i sucked it up i played through it didn't take the shot didn't take the shot just just kept going and uh so uh, other than that things are going great man yeah i'm glad you know i'm glad to hear and obviously Listen, people don't understand. Before we get into the show, people don't understand. Jeff, I didn't have a show, and you were my first fan. Like, I was on Cruz's show. 
Football. I will openly admit I was your first fan. Yeah, and I will I will openly say like, listen, I didn't even have a show yet. I was doing, I was like co-hosting, doing guest appearances or whatever, kind of getting into the groove. And then with Cruz on football and chill. And then next thing you know, he's like, bro, you should launch your own show. Like you can do this. And then it's, it'll be more convenient for you to get your thoughts out because you don't always have to come over here. And I'd already bought a mic and a laptop prior to even just for, you know, so I could have quality content being a guest on his show. Um, and that that's where it started from there. You're the first person to ever get feedback, had no idea who you were. And he, he was like, bro, this dude, Jeff, like he loves you. He, he found like, who's this honky in Ohio trying then, to, try to tell me how to do my show? To find out that you were an Ohio State fan and you were the first person to ever critique my first ever hot take behind the microphone don't, when I was rocking with I Chad Johnson. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to step on your hundred show, but that is still the hottest of hot takes. The only one that is close, like Cruz, like sometimes Cruz, like between you and me, like he manufactures hot takes. Like sometimes I think he knows hot takes. When you said this, it sounded genuine. You believed it with all your heart. I did, I, I, and I knew Cruz a little better at the time, so I can remember messaging Cruz and being like, "I got." I, I would say it was something like this. Man, I love Mo so much. You guys are awesome together. But did he just say <laughs> that Ocho? What did you say? It was Ocho Cinco was, was the top five receiver of all time. That's what yeah, I said. Yeah, that was it. Yep. And I was like, this dude is crazy. And we argued it too. Like we had a, a, a full blown argument. Yeah, Cruz pushed back. Yeah, and he should have. Yeah, he definitely did. I seen, you know, and we did that show together live. So it was like a, a live reaction. It wasn't. Over, you know, uh, I knew nothing about StreamYard. It was straight in his recording studio. So. Oh, yeah. We were all just audio then. Yeah, it was. Everything was audio. And me and him was it was straight out of his studio. Like, oh, man, I miss those days. Up. so, you know, I feel like it would have been if I would have been able to stay in the area with him. I feel like we could have cooked up something cool because yeah. he, he's elevated his show and in his recording studio. And then been, we, we would have been able to do a lot of things in you person. You guys might have fist fought. You guys might have fist fought in the studio. Maybe, maybe. I did. I did a year with my with my first partner, and it was awesome. It was in studio. Um, it, it was a great experience because of the reaction, because of the intimacy, like because you could see, like you could really feel the facial expressions. You give each other signals, like we and we. It was all audio, and it, it's a it's a different animal. And you you and Cruz, man, you had some. It was it was magical, and I was I was glad to be a part of it and glad to listen to it, and I'm glad that you kept doing and um. We'll we'll talk about that more in your hundred show, man. But yeah, one hundred percent. The hundred show will just be kind of celebrating the milestone. Of uh, it took a little bit longer than I thought I would, but had some bumps in the road and things like that. But it is what it is. At the life, end, of the it's day. called life, man. Yeah, it is called life. <laughs> Until we're getting paid, you know, a living wage to do this, then life is going to get in the way, and and life is going to proceed more than anything. Obviously, you understand that. But let's get into the show. So it's the first quarter report. Um. It's kind of it's it's pushing away from our weekly review that we've been doing on your show and just kind of giving flowers, pointing some things out. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about surprising teams and players. We're going to talk about disappointing teams and players. We're going to give conference grade for all power five conferences. Uh, we won't like spend too much time grading the conference, just kind of give them a grade and overall thought. Um, and if we can, if we don't go too long, but I know how you and me are, we'll we'll preview the Ohio State Wisconsin game. But that's probably I. Kind of put that on the back burner. As By like, the way, if anybody's got tickets, hit me up because I'm yeah, I'm struggling. So, yeah, so we'll, that's on the back burner. That's a possibility. Maybe we even save that for Saturday morning or something, depending on what our schedules look like. But I want to get right into it. So we're going to talk about our most surprising team. We're going to start okay. this show 
on a high note. The energy is high right now. So before we have to call out players or teams, we're going to talk about the most surprising team. So, Jeff, I'm going to start with you. Um, up to this point, the first quarter is over. Three weeks into the season, there's 12 games. The first quarter has ended. We're getting ready for the second quarter of the season. Who has been the most surprising to you? Well, I know we have we have some common ones, so I'll start with one that I know you don't have. Um, this is a this is a weird one, and I know that uh, a, a colleague of ours is going to love it. I'm really, and I want to preface this by saying it surprised me by my expectations and then where they are now. I'm not going to throw out a bunch of like teams that nobody thought was going to be ranked and are ranked. So I want to. This is all on Jeff. If anybody knows me, it's based on my opinion. Ole Miss. Uh, the Ole Miss Rebels really surprised me. You know, they 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 had this high flying attack last year, and it was great. And I said that they they were going to be a solid program going forward. I liked their defense more than I did. They're what they're way better than I thought they were. They're going. They're playing to their strengths now. They're they're, they're actually a super tough running game. It's not it's not this um, air raid offense that everybody thinks. They're up to 16th in the country for what anybody means. Which and they're un, you're undefeated. You're in the SEC. You got a shot like you if you're in the SEC or one of these, you know, one of the P5 conferences and you still have a shot to run the table. You've got a shot at the whole gig. Um, I, I've just been I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I go back and break down their game film or anything like that. I just I try to just like catch chunks of the game on replays or YouTube or whatever. But I'm just really impressed that they were able to you know, uh, lose such a, a great quarterback as last year. They weren't a fluke. We talked about it on my last show. You brought it up. You're like, I don't know. Maybe Lane Kiffin's just actually a good coach. Maybe he is. But Ole Miss, we talk about this a lot, Mo. Me and you say the same thing all the time, whether it's NFL or college. They look sustainable. This looks like something that can carry over week to week to week. They're tough. They're fast. They're physical. They seem to be they seem to be a pretty smart team on the field. I've just, I've been really impressed by, you know, if you take, if you, let's just put it this way. If you want to compare them like to a team like Notre Dame or something and you look at it, it's, it's apples and oranges compared to like their level of play right now. So uh, shout out to the rebels. Yeah. And and we talked about that on the, on the uh, review just a couple of days ago. Um, so if you missed it, go check it out. But we did get flowers where like maybe Lane Kiffin just is a great college coach. Like, you know, we're in a world where we can't let go of people's past and they have to live it until they win multiple championships, like winning cures all, but it takes a lot of winning, um, to cure a few bad mistakes. But at the same time, like, I think Lane Kiffin has turned it around. He's a match made of heaven, um, in Ole Miss. I think he genuinely enjoys being the Ole Miss coach and He's kind of, I won't say turn that program around because they're pretty viable year in and year out, but he I think elevated it. I yeah, think he's, he's elevated, elevated it to where I think it's consistently like this is a really good team. Like nine and three is a down year, but it's still like there'll be something about a nine and three team where you're like, if they're nine and three, 10 and two, they're probably better than almost every nine and three and 10 and two team in the country. And one year they'll crack through and be 11 and one or undefeated and play in the SEC championship. So I do think that's very possible for Ole Miss in the next couple of years, and they do look really well. Um, I'm just saying, I would put what they've done up against a lot of teams. I know they played a soft schedule, but if if you want to just like we're going by the first quarter, if you put it up against it, it holds up. If they handle business, we always say, how many times have I said this? If they started the season ranked 10, they would still be there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And they handle business. At the end of the day, we can point out soft schedules, but when you do what you're supposed to do against the opponent that's in front of you, then, you know, you're doing really well. That's why I like, you know, teams like Michigan are getting a lot of love. Yes, they haven't played anybody, but they've also. Handle business. They need to do. Always look at the bright spots. So one of my surprise teams, obviously you agree with me as well, um, is Washington. 
I think Washington being 3-0, and having beating a team, uh, Michigan State, is, I think it's a big deal. I think Michael Penix looked amazing in that game. Um, they bully and, and they played a different brand of Pac-12 football where like we know Pac-12 puts up some points. We know, but they're, they're still a little like that West Coast football is known to be like a little soft, right? Especially when you play against those Midwest boys, the, the corn fed guys. So for them to have won with an explosive offense, uh, they exposed every flaw that you might have had concerns with Michigan State that hasn't been exposed thus far. They exposed it, which makes it look great for, obviously, when you're looking through it as a fan of Ohio State's lens, like every flaw they have is our strength. So it's an opponent I'm not necessarily worried about, but that's not, you know, to give Washington their flowers and the bounce back for Penix, right, is like, you know, he tore his ACL when he was having a great year. Uh, So for him to be able to bounce back, go to a program and look viable, I mean, if this guy keeps this up, like he's a draft prospect. He's not a first rounder. He's not a second rounder. Maybe he's a day three guy, but he's a guy who gets a shot to maybe be a backup in the NFL or at least make a 53 man roster. So I love to see those comeback stories. And with Washington, like if you told me right now going into the season, if you would have told me Washington is going to be three and oh, they're going to physically dominate. They're going to dominate Michigan state in all facets of the game. And they're going to go on and be three and oh, and be ranked. I, I would give a lot more pushback, but that's the case. And that's why I say they're surprising because they look like they can compete in the Pac-12. And we can talk about, we'll talk about what we think of the Pac-12 when we grade the conference as a whole, but they look like they could, could compete. And you got USC and you got multiple teams in there that look pretty good. And we'll see, you know, we'll see a few tested this weekend, but I got to give my flowers to Washington. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking about it. We're talking about a team who, you know, started the season of like, you know, keep your eye on them that, you know, Penix transferred in, this big off year, you know, everything you just said. And again, they come in unranked. And this is one of those things like, why would, this is the questions I have. There's no reason to have Washington unranked coming into the season and have Cincinnati ranked. Like it's, it's so arbitrary. I'm tired of the preseason rankings. So they've made Washington work their way up. You know, Penix is, is, is ball. He's got over a thousand yards passing already on the season. You know, a Michigan state team came in and, they were we expect them to be good we saw what they did last year and they got absolutely manhandled the whole way i i love what this washington team did uh it also elevates the pac 12 which is awesome for everybody in the pac 12 the pac 12 um you know we'll talk about them here in a little bit but they went from like maybe they can maybe they can squeeze out a team you know mm-hmm. to get into now like this is going to be fun to watch the whole year just to see who wins the pack i think the, the quality of the Pac-12 has changed the perception of how many teams from, you know, the same conference can make the tournament and so forth. And again, we'll talk about that, but uh, I love what Penix has done. I love what Washington's done. And it's, I like to see it. If you see a team that's well coached again, it's sustainable. Like that <laughs> carries over. It's not fluky. You know, they, if everybody's on the same page, then you can then you can do something for you know 12 13 weeks whatever it is so uh absolutely uh, a great surprise by washington yeah and so i want to move on do you have another surprise team before we um i was going to talk about i mean i think you were going to talk about tennessee oh yeah yeah go go ahead because i'm not i'm not surprised but you are oh okay okay so i had him as a surprise i was going to let you handle it because of the roots but very surprised by Tennessee. Um, everybody told me how good they were going to be. They kind of said that last year. I was like, they're going to be fine. You know, they're going to, you know, they're going to, I thought about them the same way going into this season. And I did old miss going into the last season. I was wrong about both teams. 
So mm-hmm. I was like, they're, they're going to be fine. I think them and Florida are going to be about the same team. Kentucky, you know, is going to be, you know, I thought, I guess I thought where Tennessee is now, that's where I expected Kentucky to be. And Kentucky is there. So I'm not surprised by Kentucky, but I'm really, I'm really enjoying what they're doing. Tennessee has surprised me by like, no, this team, this team looks like they can score. They can consistently score. The defense looks better. It looks like they, they, uh, you know, every, again, everybody's on the same page. It looks like they have a plan. So I, I was surprised of how good Tennessee looks. I'm glad they got, you know, game day coming into this week and the big Florida game. I expect them to beat the Gators soundly. Mm-hmm. And then that will, that will, you know, validate, you know, what I feel about them right now. But I think the Tennessee volunteers have been, and it's been an awesome surprise too, because that's just a great team to, we talked about it on my show. It's just a great team to be good in college football. It's fun when Tennessee is good. Yeah. I'm for me, I'm not really surprised. I kind of expected them to be where they're at right now. Going into this Florida game. Um, I was high on them going into the season. I think we're in an era where offense can win a lot of games. It's not necessarily about your defense, but if you're, elite offensively and pretty good defensively then you're a national championship contender um i'm not saying that's what they are i'm just saying like i felt like they were going to win games scoring a lot of points that's what they've done up to this point i feel like they're going to play in a lot of games where they have to outscore their opponents but i think they can outscore majority of the teams that they have left on their schedule uh i'm I'm waiting to see how they look against alabama because that defense is a lot probably the best defense they'll play um this year i'm not sure if they play georgia I think they do, but I'm not 100%. I haven't looked at their first. Uh, yeah, step. they're they're in the East, so they'll play. Yeah, so they'll yeah, play so they'll play Georgia and oh, they maybe, a tough schedule. maybe that's the one tough tough loss that they take where it's like maybe we have to reevaluate how good we are, but Hendon Hooker is a guy uh and that's one thing that's always key to me in college football is when you have a great quarterback for college, like you could do a lot of things Absolutely. and a great quarterback can't mask a lot of things. Obviously, we say that in a professional league, but an elite defense can make a, a, a great quarterback look bad one week. But in college, it's a little bit different. Like when you have a great quarterback, you can mask a lot of flaws. And I think Hendon Hooker is going to be able to put up a lot of points. Yeah. I think he's boosting his draft stock um, slowly but surely. He's the type of quarterback I don't think a lot of people will buy into as being big time. But he even could be a surprise. Uh, he could be a surprise attendee in, in New York. Um, depending on how Tennessee well, season for, for the last few years, like it's been like it feels like I don't know, it feels like a decade of being like every year, like okay, Tennessee's figured it out, and then they 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 look great for a couple games, and then they'll get they'll get beat, they have a terrible loss, a couple in a row, and everybody forgets about them. So I think we all kind of fell asleep on Tennessee of like, yeah, we get it, you're gonna look great for a couple weeks, but th- this feels different. Um, yeah, you know, I, and seeing I, them I, against Purdue last year, like in the bowl game, oh, it was a shootout. One of the greatest Purdue games a, I ever watched. Purdue had a great offense. Um, you know, they they was projected to be a shootout. I mean, that game reached what almost ninety points, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It was in the forties, but the way they played against Purdue, and then to know that they're bringing a lot of those guys back, like it was the same way with watching like Ohio State, Utah. Like, okay, you see a lot of guys sit, but you see majority of those guys on the field will be yeah. back next year. So that's why you value. Agreed. Like that's why I valued Utah to be so good this year. And obviously they had a letdown against Florida, but I still think they're a pretty good team because when yeah, you they are definitely good on team. the field, play a great game against another team who's, who's a pretty good team or, or an elite team. And then, you know, 20 of those 22 guys that are on the field right now are coming back as starters. Mm-hmm. And then they got a, a, an elite recruiting class or whatever. So and don't sleep. Yeah. Don't sleep on that's a great point. Mo. don't sleep on bringing like just older guys back in college 
you know, a year of age is huge. Like bringing guys back is, is ginormous experience and everything. So I think like you, I think you feel the same way about Tennessee as I do USC. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, USC validated. This is exactly how good I thought USC was. I think that's how you feel about Tennessee. Yeah, pretty much like, yeah, Tennessee's right where I thought they would be, but they have an opportunity to either a prove me right. And, and I won't say prove me right and prove you wrong, but they could prove me right on like, I really think they're a viable team or yeah. they could go to kind of what you expect where like, all right, they look good through the first two to three games. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat. And then when their favorite going against Florida at home, big time matchup, uh, game days there. And then they cough that one up and make Florida uh-huh. look like this elite team after we're kind of, we're selling stock on Florida after the way they looked against Kentucky. Like now I think Florida's come back to earth as the team yeah. that everybody thought they would be coming into the season. So um, so I want to move on to surprising yeah. players. Um, oh. I love giving players flowers. Like I love really being able to key in on how good a player has been up to this point, especially surprised because there's certain players that we don't talk about. And then you go watch him one time and yeah. you're like, that's a guy. And so I'll go first on this one because the guy I'm talking about is the guy I watched one time and he's a guy. And then I looked at his stats, Nick Singleton, the true freshman running back from Penn State is my surprise player because, first of all, I don't care if he was a five-star. I don't care what he was. A true freshman dominating the way he did, and he did it. I, I will say they had a quality opponent playing Auburn on the road in Auburn. So he did it against an SEC defense. You can tell me you're not sold on Auburn. You can tell me they're not a great team. At the end of the day, a guy like him in the Big Ten validating a big performance by doing this against an SEC defense, like, we would give a SEC true freshman running back credit if he did that against Penn State. Oh, oh, on the oh. other foot, he would get. We give him the Heisman, Mo. We would yeah, give him the Heisman. Minnesota, like they could have played against Minnesota. They would be comparing him to Herschel Walker right now. <laughs> exactly. And so, listen to his stat line though. In three games, he's had thirty attempts, three hundred and thirty-four yards. Now he only has four touchdowns. Only has four touchdowns, which means he averages at least a touchdown a game. 11.1 yards per carry. That means this man is literally a walking first down as a true freshman. And I know Penn State is a, is a school that has been pretty elite at the running back position Absolutely. the past few years. I mean, obviously, Saquon Barkley uh, and a few others. So they've been pretty elite. Them in Wisconsin are like two schools that pretty much, they produce pretty good running backs. But for this kid, this true freshman to come out here and on the road look amazing, but He averages 11.1 yards per carry. That literally means when he touches the ball, it's a first down for Penn State. Through the first three weeks, we could say the quality opponent, we could say whatever, but they did beat Auburn on the road, and he did have a huge game. And 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 let's remind everybody, everybody's quality of opponent right now is down. Like everybody, at best, everybody's played one good team. This is the quarterly report. Yeah, I don't want to hear, like, let's see what happens. Like, here's what they did. I'll tell you a quick story. This is what reminded me of that. We went to the uh, Penn State Ohio State game back in, I believe it was 2015. If I don't, if I, if I'm not correct, anyway, Saquon Barkley uh, was playing for Penn State. I, he was a freshman, and the game was in hand. High State won handily, and I remember watching Saquon that night, and I was like, "There's only one player on this field that should be on a High State's team, and it was Barkley." So I know exactly what you're feeling. I looked around and told the Penn State fans around me, "I'm like, I was like, I know you're not going to win this game, but." That guy is different, and this is I, – I totally see what you're seeing in uh, this kid, it, and it scares the type of stats, out of me. Though, too, is like you're, when you touch the ball and you're a first 
you're a walking yeah. first down as a running back. Ooh. Like that is that that's absolutely amazing. So, and you know, I don't, I get, I'm we're Ohio State fans, but you give credit when credit's due. Like oh, Penn State, they're not coming in to play in Penn State this week, and I'm not worried about it. This guy is a great player. He's a guy, and he's only a true freshman. So for the next three years, barring any injury or anything happening, so knock on wood, I, I want to see this great player come into fruition. We're going to be able to see this kid for three years. And the scary thing is we're going to have to see this kid. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. We have to see We're going to have to see him for three years. But at the same time, like what this true freshman has done is amazing. And I, I keep emphasizing true freshman because we're in a game where you start really most – players start dominating their sophomore and junior year. And it's we're seeing a really, to me, I think we're seeing towards the end of their sophomore year. And then that breakout, like first round bona fide prospect is your junior year. Like yeah. that's where we expect it. Like Smith and the jig, but like towards the end of the sophomore yeah. year, you're like throughout the year, you've seen it, but towards the end of the sophomore year, we're buying into like, this is a first round wide receiver. This is a guy. He's probably one of the five best college football players in the country. And we expect him as junior year to be a Heisman candidate and first round pick in the NFL. And obviously Due to injury, he hasn't done that thus far. But that's why I say that's kind of where we see. So when true freshmen come in and dominate uh, in a fashion that he has come in up to this point, I have to give him his flowers. So who is your most surprising player? I or love that. You, I, I love I got the polar opposite. Now I'm going to preface this by telling everybody I, I have not had the chance to watch like there's fantastic offensive linemen out there and nose tackles. Like there's Michael Hall from Ohio state has shocked the shit out of me. I've been able to watch him on the defensive line, stuff like that. But let's face it. Like it's easiest to watch the quarterbacks and what they did. And they have the biggest effect on the game. And I love it. I've got the polar opposite of what you did. I've got a kid that um, has been playing. This is his fourth year. He's a transfer. Uh, you know, he, he gets in the portal. He goes to Oklahoma with a new coach, Dylan Gabriel for Oklahoma. His stats are are good. They're good stats. But just what he's done on the field, it surprised me because, like, we have a lot of these guys that are like, we need a quarter. You know, they're, you know, they're, they're uh, Caleb leaves. Oklahoma needs a quarterback instantly. This guy comes in from UCF and they're like, let's see what happens. And I've watched him this year and I'm like, he seems to have control of the game. He makes big plays when they need a big play. He's got, and, you know, this Oklahoma team is sitting right there again, again, mm -hmm. perched, ready to make a playoff run. And I've just loved how, like how like he looks he looks like the guy like he looks like a guy that you, you know, can 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 carry you into the postseason, can win a playoff game, can win the you know, can win the. Uh, uh, you know, against Texas and stuff like that. I just been really impressed <clears throat> more by like, I was nervous about like, I don't know, what's this guy going to do? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I always say this, like I'm an elitist. Everybody knows that when I'm a college football elitist, like, okay, why isn't he at Oklahoma already? And then, you know, I watch him play and I'm like, nope, he looks like he belongs. looks like that's his team. It looks like he's, you know, with Williams gone, like he's absolutely the best choice. So I've been really, really impressed and surprised by not only what he's done, but like where he's where he's put the team in position. Another surprise just, to, you know, offhand, it would be Venables. I, he has really I, done a great I, job I coaching. Go there, so I'm oh, okay, I'll let you go. I'm just going no, to throw that out there. That I was going to add into like. And then if we're going to do coach, like just the Oklahoma program right now, a first yeah. year head coach, a uh, new offensive coordinator. But the key thing is, I think why Dylan Gabriel looks so good. And it's not about that. He doesn't have the talent. He linked back up with his offensive coordinator from his freshman year. Uh, and, so, and that's the connections that, you know, like you're more tuned into that stuff. I didn't realize that, but it makes yeah. it makes total sense. So, which is why, to me, I think, you know, the offense has clicked 
like very quickly with a new quarterback and a new system and all that because I think the offensive coordinator goes back to the system that they ran at UCF, which they were semi-successful, had an explosive offense there anyway his freshman year. So that yeah, is no interception. No, most importantly, no interceptions. Like th this kid's just like he he knows Venables is like if like if you score so many points, like you know if you let's say you score twenty eight points, we're going to win this game, and that it looks like that's what he's ready to do, and I think he can do it all season. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so I'm going to go I'm going to go one more surprising player. Uh you threw a name out there, so I'm going to throw a name out there because we are both Buckeyes fans. So I'm going to give flowers to the guy who looks like he could be the best linebacker in the country right now and that's Eichenberg. I know you don't want me to easy. Do that, easy. I know you don't want me to do it, but I'm just saying for, and I'm I'm not going to say like he's better than no, Will Anderson. He no, he deserves to be on the most surprising list, but he's no Will Anderson. No, he is no Will Anderson, but he is he's shocked. He's, 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 he's on my shock the shit out of me list. Does that make and sense? And he's not NFL ready yet either. So, like, when I say this, like, okay, yes, if drafted was today, Will Anderson's the top five pick. Eichenberg maybe goes in the third round, but he's not NFL ready yet. But what he has done, like, yeah, we haven't, we, we've had some mediocre linebackers for the past couple of years. Um, We've had some guys who could get the job done, but that's all they could do. Yeah, they but it turns cool. out like Pete Werner goes to the NFL and he's really good. Turns out that yeah. they didn't have to be mediocre, but that's a that's a conversation for the remix because I'm getting I get more mad every week that Werner plays good. Oh, he's but, a, he's amazing in New Orleans, and so mm -hmm. it is kind of crazy because he was anyway. like maybe an average linebacker, but that's besides the point. Eichenberg has been dominant, and I yeah. think he's been a I think he's been that defensive leader. Like I think he's the leader of the defense. Like you see he him looks like he belongs there. Yeah, he he belongs. You you can tell the coach trust him. He's one of the Good few point. players on the defense that haven't been benched yet uh, for lack of effort. Uh, in in other words, lack of effort of yeah. giving up big plays. And he's always around the ball, no matter whether it's a pass play, whether it's a run play. Like he finds himself around the ball. He flies around. Uh, breaking down him as like a scout and saying a side to side movement. I'm not into all that. I'm looking at what I'm watching on the field as a college linebacker. And he's not a name I was thinking about when thinking about the defense. No. It, it, like, he's not a guy. I was thinking about both our defensive ends. I'm thinking, does Malik Harrison step up? You know, does Jack Sawyer have a big year being a sophomore now? Like, I'm thinking Denzel Burke. I'm, I'm thinking uh, the safety. I forget his name that got hurt. Like, there's like five or six names I'm thinking about on the defense that are guys. Cameron Martinez, one of the other uh, cornerbacks. Like, all those names pop up before you had ever had me think like Eichenberg is going to be a guy. And he seems like right now he is the guy on the defense and he is that leader. So I, I, I got to give him his flowers when watching Ohio State's defense. I definitely see a change, but he's been one of the bigger like he's the eye popper for me. Him yeah. and uh, the defensive lineman that you mentioned earlier, like those have been the two eye poppers for me on defense. Like, hold on, these are guys. Like, no, I think that's fair. When I when I heard in the summer that they had named him starting, you know, linebacker, I was like, well, here we go again. So I yeah. think it's completely fair to say that he's a surprise and a, and a and a great surprise. And of course, I just want to throw out again, we talked about Penix Jr. a little bit ago. Yep. So yep. We, we won't go back there, but shot like. He's got a thousand yards and ten touchdowns in three games. So this dude is an absolute heater right now for Washington. Shout, and so, shout out to him. You know, you know, like I said, I love yeah, coming with the injury and everything. But no, Eichenberg's Eichenberg's actually a legitimate choice, has, regardless of being a Buckeye fan or not. Um, he is he has been very important. That's all I'll say. I don't yeah. want to. Yeah. Yeah, we He's won't beat up too much. Uh, we'll save that for a Buckeye remix. Um, but. 
Yeah, so I, we're gonna move. You know, we we brought the energy. We give everybody their flowers, coach, <laughs> players, teams. So now we have to do the dirty work. We get we got to come in and we got to do the Dennis Rodman of the show and do the cleanup and do the dirty work. And we're gonna start with the most disappointing team. I'm not gonna go on a long rant, but Jeff, I'm gonna let you start. But there is a team that has disappointed me so much. And it's going to surprise everybody because I know everybody no thinks they know where I'm going with this. But, Jeff, I'm going to go with you first on this one. Who is your most disappointing team? So I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a quick I got I got a couple answers. I'm going to do a quick team real quick that me and you don't exactly see eye to eye on. I think Texas A&M is a disappointment. And that is based on the fact that, you know, I told you before the show. Uh, we should say we should start saying like I told you before the in the meeting before the show yeah, in the meeting now, room <laughs> yeah in the meeting when, when we were having the 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 meeting for the anyway basically it was just because I had this team up there with like they're gonna knock off Georgia or they're gonna knock off Alabama they're right there if they can just get something to go their way and they've already lost to App State and here's what I said I love App State I love the story I love Boone North Carolina and all this but if Alabama if Ohio State if Georgia if almost any other team lost to App State, we would bury them. We would absolutely bury them. So, like, I don't want to lose the sight of the fact that, yes, App State's good. I get it. They can play with every team in the country, yada, yada, yada. It's not supposed to be play with the top, the best teams in the country. A&M lost to them. They go, they go into Miami, which I'm starting to think is not a really good Miami team. I would have them on my most disappointing, except for I didn't really think Miami was going to be that good. They struggle with them. They fight through that game. And you said it best. Like the, what they had to do was come out of there with a win. And I said, if Alabama came out of Miami with like, at least we got a win, we would be like, what's going, what's wrong in Alabama? You know, so I think AM for all the hype before the season, all the talk that everybody did to not, to, to still not have an offense is extremely disappointing. I think AM's a disappointing team. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, well, no, I, I don't. also want to say I don't care. Yeah, I get it. But <laughs> I, I just be and, and maybe I'm sipping the Kool-Aid of I, I watched App State play UNC and go in that 60 some point shootout. Um, and it was one of the it's the best game I've watched so far through the first quarter of the season. Sure. So I'm sipping the Kool-Aid and, and for them to turn around and bounce back after a tough loss and a team like App State, you don't expect to bounce back against a top five team in the country after a tough loss to North Carolina and went steal that game. And then obviously, you know, the Hail Mary heard around the world, uh, you know, game day was in Boone. So I think I'm just becoming one of those, like I'm casually a fan of Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State, casually a fan of App yeah. State and giving them the benefit of the doubt. And, and then maybe I'm weighing too much on Texas a and bouncing back by beating Miami. So that's why. But that's what I mean, like. The most disappointing, but at the same time. You got to bounce back week on. three. If you got to bounce back week three from the Sun Belt, I'm so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I get and I get it. And then you don't turn around and play an SEC opponent. And then for you, yeah. you didn't really value Miami um, too much in the first place. At least I don't give a lot year. of credit for that. Yeah, I with think that, so I think that 20 teams beat Miami that night, maybe 25. Like, I really don't think Miami is that good, especially on that night. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I definitely get it. So I'm gonna go with my most disappointing team. Uh. It's Arizona State, and and I told you this, you know, before the show, that and I didn't want to get too much into it because I knew like it, it it pissed me off. They allegedly it looked like the conversation, and and this is what the internet gathered. This was what a lot of people felt like, and you know, you know, emotion. You see emotion. You see, you know, body language. We can read that. You can kind of read lips, but 
the internet basically gathered, and I think most of us agree, but Herm, I, Herm Edwards was fired on the field after the loss. I get it. Maybe he underachieved. Maybe there's a problem there. Maybe you plan on letting him go, but I feel like the way Nebraska let Scott Frost go, like we all seen it coming. We knew it was inevitable, but they waited till the weekend was over. And then like, boom, on Monday, slap you in the face. Scott Frost is fired. All right, cool. We all seen it coming. I feel like they, I feel like Herm Edwards has done enough at Arizona state to be afforded, like at least yes. get fired in the locker room, like not in front of all the cameras in front of the world. Like the world has now seen this video. Like this is, millions of views on Twitter and th this and that and everybody kind of gathering their own thoughts. And here's where I'm, I'm disappointed. You are one and two didn't really have high expectations for Arizona state to be a great team anyway, but to go like that, like you're recruiting right now, like you are bringing recruits to games and sometimes with recruits, it's not about wins and losses. It's how you handle business. Like especially those local guys that are born Arizona State fans and are born in that in Arizona and want to stay home and play for Arizona State, whether it's for Herm Edwards or they want to just put the brand on and they want to play. And like, bro, you just pushed half your state away. I guarantee it. Like, I guarantee you, because when you when you talk about recruiting, we talk about parenting as well. And yeah. so what do you think parents took away from sharing to their 17, 18 year old? No part of that. Like they're like, I, we can't do this. That That's a classless act. And I don't want you to play for a classless. And I won't call it a classless university because that was solely on the athletic director in the football program. So I'm not going to give it like, oh, Arizona State just has no class. They won't get basketball players or whatever. But that was the athletic director that did it. So it does tie into all those others. Like if he has that lack of class, like what do you think would happen if basketball and this and that? So it does be it does become a trip trickling effect especially with the biggest sport in the world on the college level is college football but the athletic director allegedly and i say allegedly because we don't have no true proof nobody spoke on it firing herm edwards on the field didn't even let he trotted started trotting into the locker room pulls him over like hey come here and right in front of a camera like a camera was able to capture that yeah, moment that was weird I, I think that's that's just disappointing to me that's a disappointing act so i mean i could talk about a lot of teams that really disappoint me based on their performance but that that lack of class to me is is more disappointing than any team that you had expectations for and they haven't achieved yet. Yeah, and and you're talking about a guy that went to Arizona State because of the situation they were in. Like he was trying to bring. I've never thought like I like Herm Edwards. He was fun on ESPN. Good energy. Never thought he was a good head coach. Uh, I think he was a better player than he was a head coach. Not saying I didn't like the guy. I like what he did when he first got to Arizona State. You know, big rewards or whatever. You know, obviously his number one players playing at LSU right now. So like, you know, that's a big difference and who knows why. Yeah, that was, that was really, it was unsettling. Uh, didn't enjoy it. It was one of those things that some people were probably like, yeah, that's what you do. Like I, I never agreed like as bad as Kiffin was, I never agreed with the whole leaving on the runway thing either. Like you got, there's, there's, there's more to it than that. And exactly the, the appearance is uh, another thing. And then I just want to throw in an, another disappointing thing here. Uh, I kind of just wrapped all these in one, the independence and the other five and all that Notre Dame, BYU, Cincinnati, all out of the playoff hunt after week three, mm -hmm. actually after week two or no week three. Cause uh, BYU just lost like all the hype, all the, like got to let us in. We're knocking on the door and all that, you know, all three of those teams, like they don't, they don't not in a power five conference. They don't have a conference championship game. They're essentially eliminated from the college football playoffs after begging us and telling us, you know, the disrespect and let us in and all this. 
they they didn't hold up their end of the bargain. So kind of, kind of disappointing, not surprising, but disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, and you know, you claim it, you're an elitist. Um, so Absolutely. you kind of expected it, but it's still one of those, like after week three, like at least like if you're going to be, have a dog in the fight, like at least make it to week seven or week eight before you let like somebody like you can say, I told you so like we, we made it through the first yeah. quarter. And you're like, I, I, I told you so. There is no like, oh, well, BYU has a huge game. Let's see how they do it. Like now you're like, ah, who cares? It doesn't yeah, even they, matter. They just got buried, buried by a decent Oregon team, which what I do like about this season is that we have way more conferences and and teams from those in you know different conferences in play. So I love essentially the top 12 or 15 teams right now. I love it. You know, with the Kentuckys yeah. and the Tennessees and all this makes, makes everything great, which is why I keep pounding the table and crying and begging, like expand the playoffs that way. The, you know, ev- that, that one loss that you take early in the year, like Oregon's loss isn't as impactful. Things matter more. The conference championships matter more, blah, blah, blah. I, I do. Again, I do I do not base everything on like I care if BYU gets to the playoffs or not. Like I just don't. Like that's yeah. just me. I'm not saying they don't deserve it or whatever. That's just me. I want to see I want to see the big name brands that I've grown up with for 47 years be a part. I want to see Ole Miss affect the playoffs. I want to see Tennessee. I want to see uh you know you know uh, you know the Michigans, the high states, or Purdue's, the Wisconsin's. I want to see the depth in the in the divisions that have actually like invested and put everything into the program so so but anyway just i'm just saying the other schools really didn't hold up their end of the bargain so far yeah and, and that's 100 percent true so since we're doing power five conference grades we won't i'm, I'm not gonna bash the player too much uh so we'll talk about our most disappointing player obviously if you want to know my dis- most disappointing player go back to jeff's college football review uh <laughs> week three review because I, I maybe went a little hard went on a little rant my, my number one is Spencer Rattler. I'm not going to revisit that rant. If you want to revisit it and hear what I have to say, go check out his show. Yes, please so do. my next one is Haynes King. Uh, for him to be bent, the quarterback for Texas A&M, for him to be benched right now, it, like he did, he made it two weeks. He made it two weeks against what we're, 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 we're not supposed to be quality opponents for them. He made it two weeks before he got benched. And think about it, like, he was at least supposed to make it to possibly lose miserably to Miami. And we're like, okay, we can't beat a good team with this guy on to Max Johnson. I think Max Johnson probably should have been the starter from the jump. And I think he probably yes. does too. And that's why he transferred to AM in the first place. These guys who were starters at these power five schools, when they transfer, and I've always said like Jaden Daniels transfers to LSU. He transferred because he felt like he was going to be the starter. He did not go to leave Arizona <laughs> State and go to LSU to ride the bench. So I, when when these certain guys transfer, like that's who I expect to be the starting quarterback because you're not leaving as the starting quarterback elsewhere where you're possibly going to be in a quarterback competition after that year and going somewhere and not expecting to be the starter. So Max Johnson probably should have been the starter in the first place. Yeah. But you were at least, Haynes, you were at least supposed to make it through the Miami game. Like I really feel like you were supposed to be 2-0. and Even if you look lackluster, you were supposed to be 2-0 and going into the Miami game. We give you the benefit of the doubt. Miami's defense makes A&M's offense look silly. And now, like, okay, we have a loss against a quality opponent. because Miami- probably just a bad win. 
Like at worst, yeah, or a bad win, but a bad win probably. Does, I don't know if it gets them benched, but even even a good loss essentially, because if Miami wins that game, they're in the top fifteen. It looks like a, a decent loss. Our office just didn't get the job done. We're gonna move on to Max Johnson yeah. because we know the comp. No matter how you look at Miami, you know the competition gets better because you have Alabama coming up, and and we skated by or whatever. So you know we have Alabama coming up. Things like that. You know, you got Ole Miss, you, you got all these guys on schedule, and you're like, if we can't beat Miami, like, I know we're not doing this, but you got benched prior to the big game. And just think about it. If Max Johnson didn't play particularly well, and I think it's new quarterback, new system, first start over there at Texas A&M, not his first start for an SEC school, but if they cough that up, like, now they're sitting here at one and two, they had to make a quarterback change, and now, like, A&M is in shambles, and Jimbo might be on the hot seat through yeah. the rest of the year. And so I think that solely came on the quarterback play because if you look at AM's defense, they have not given up a lot of points to anybody. So I, it's even losing to App State, like you're like, well, they gave up 17. Well, okay. But if their offense could, could produce 50, then who cares? Like they gave yeah. up 17 to App State. Defense held up their end of the bargain. Could they have played better? Should App State? I don't know. Because okay. North Carolina State. scored 60 against App State. Yeah, and I've seen – seen AM ought to be able to – muster up eight and i've seen app state's offense score 60 so like they're a viable enough offense that even against a bad team or a, a good team they can score some points like so giving up 17 that's not the defense's fault but only scoring 14 like that's solely the offense's fault so that's why i have like haynes king is my most disappointing player because like dude you were supposed to make it through like people value texas a&m at number five with you being the starting quarterback coming into the season and you are no longer the starting quarterback yeah, i don't even know if he's he's transfer eligible but like this was the situation nobody was like texas a&m is number five and we expect max johnson to come in at some point and that's why we have them at number five they ranked you preseason looking at the roster looking at the depth chart looking at the recruiting class and jimbo fisher and they're like haynes king is their starter and this is the fifth best team coming into the season i know preseason rankings don't matter but i'm just saying that a committee whoever voters got together and was like this is the fifth best team in the country with yeah. haynes king as the with starting it, quarterback. that's a good point and you didn't even make it through two weeks you got benched, so that's disappointing to me. So, Jeff, I'm off my. I went a little bit longer than I thought on Haynes. I'm going to go short because I don't want to be. I don't want to be too mean, but um, yeah, I didn't kill him too much. Who's your most disappointing player? And I'm going to say this through three games and through expectations. Um, and and again, this isn't the projection for the whole season, but as of right now, uh, I'm sorry, but Denzel Burke for Ohio State. I, I don't know what to make of it. That that was the one position. That I'm like, I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about, yeah. you know, Burkett cornerback. He's got it. Uh, I, you know, big fan of his. And again, do I think he's good? Yes. Do I think he's a starter? Yes. Do I think he's going to go to the NFL? Yes. Through three weeks, ton of mistakes. It feels like he doesn't have a grasp of the defense. He has he has no stats to talk about. Like he just doesn't have any stats. He's played, he played three games. I think he has five tackles. Everything else, like no no breakups, no whatever. He's got a couple bad pass interference calls. He got benched, which makes me wonder, like, is that your coach saying, like, you're – Yeah, like, is that your coach saying, like, you're just not getting it? I know it sounds like I'm being hard on the kid, but we're just talking about so far disappointing. And by that standards, I had him way up here as far as, like, I don't have to worry about Burke. So that's, that's the one that, like, us Ohio State fans, like, I live in the heart of Ohio. Like, we have a lot of conversations, and everybody's like – What's with Burke? And and you know that's when it that's when it starts, and that's when the whisper starts. Do I think he'll recover? Yes, I do. Do I think he's good, talented, all those things? Which may, that's what makes it disappointing. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bury the kid. 
Ohio State's in, in good position. I don't think he's going to be the reason, you know, that, that swings the season either way. But I just thought that was going to be the, the one guy I didn't have to worry about. Yeah, and I, I'm definitely with you. And obviously, being an Ohio State fan, having watched uh, from beginning to end all three games, I watched him get benched twice. And, against- and again, I don't, I don't understand this defense either. I know he's asked. There's a lot of different stuff to secondary. This is not just like cover that guy. I, I, I yeah. totally get what everybody's saying. I'm just saying, watching the game, I'm like, man, I really thought. He's also made some really good plays. He's a physical cornerback, which it's hard to be now in today's football, so I'm excusing it a little. Um I do think it'll get better, but through three games, I'm like, man, I need I needed you to be the one piece of this this defense that I didn't have to worry about. Yeah, and then especially with his stellar freshman year, like yeah. you you definitely didn't expect them to regress. So um I 100% agree with you with Denzel Burke. And I mean to get benched twice against Arkansas State due to Pat, like you basically can't hold your own weight against the Arkansas State wide receivers, no. like that's concerning. And then giving up big plays, like you get another opportunity, you give up a couple of big plays against Toledo. Like that's concerning because we haven't even entered conference play yet. Yeah. And he played semi-soundly against Notre Dame, but a couple the couple of their big plays through the air were on his side, but still yeah. played good enough. We held him to 10 points, so we're not even pointing out. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, we're nitpicking here. I'm just... Yeah, but that, that's what you have to do. So I knew we wouldn't get into the Ohio State-Wisconsin preview. Like I said, we'll probably save that for later in the week. Uh, we won't spend a lot of time. I won't hold up too much more of your time, Jeff. We'll go through this uh, semi-quickly. You grade harder than I do. So for I all do. five of these conferences, I'm getting your grade first. Okay. And then I'm going to get your reaction to mine because I'm actually pretty – I'm pretty impressed personally – with the power five right now, like uh, there's th- some of the conferences are better than I thought. Some of the conferences are pretty much exactly where I thought. Maybe they had a disappointing team or two, but they're pretty much exactly where I thought. But I don't think no power five conference, in my opinion, right now is in shambles. No, and I don't think no power five conference doesn't have at least two teams that are still in position to go to the playoffs right now. So that's why I'm not as harsh. But I'll yeah, I give with- the power five an A overall because. Yeah, they look. that's all I got to worry about right now. I, I I don't have to worry about these other schools, and I, yeah. I say it exactly as demeaning as you think I did. <laughs> like they they and and they like I said, each conference has at this point in time, at least through the first quarter, two teams that could make the playoffs. Whether you want to value who's better than yeah, who, no, I got I got, got the same list you do. Better than those two teams, they have at least two teams that could make the the, the playoffs. Still undefeated, still standing. Yep. So we're gonna start with the Pac-12. Okay, I love it. What is your conference grade for the Pac-12? So that's I gave them a C minus so far, and basically for oh. the same. Re- now, when I say C minus, like I I look at it from top to bottom. The top is awesome. USC is great. Washington's great. Oregon's already got blasted. That 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 lost that lost to Georgia hurt. I'm not saying they're a bad team. I so when I graded mine, I graded mine on impact on the playoffs so like i'm kind of like dropping oregon down a notch and then i think that once you start getting to the arizona states and the uclas like i I think there's a huge fall off so they're very 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 top heavy they got a couple couple good wins they're going to beat each other up washington being better than i thought is a huge help but in all honesty like usc is the only like playoff team I see out of it. So though I'm very happy with the Pac-12, I think they're going to have a good season. Um, I think they're going to cannibalize each other, and all that's going 
there's only only one team's going to have an argument at the end of the year, even though I think the 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 top the top is pretty good, but the the bottom is, I mean Notre Dame beat Cal. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So I, I I this is why I wanted you to grade first. I'm giving them a B plus. Okay. I'm giving them a B plus, and I'm going to tell you they have six teams that are three and zero. Oh. Two of them play each other right now, but this is only projection wise. I get where you're going, but for me, like through the first three weeks, like. Oregon and Utah right now through three weeks are at the bottom standing at two and one. There's only three worst teams worse than them. There's only three teams worse than them. And those are the two ranked teams. And those are teams that we can see. I know Oregon took a bad loss, but at the same time, like it was against probably the best team in the country. And all it told me is Oregon's not a playoff team. That's fine. I still think they're a pretty yeah, good I think Oregon's a very good team. Back. Yeah. And they were able to bounce back against BYU, but you're t- Oregon State's three and zero. UCLA is three and zero. Washington's 3-0. Washington State's 3-0. Arizona, Cal, Oregon, and Utah are 2-1. Now, Cal took a bad loss. I get nobody's really played anybody, and Cal took a bad loss to a bad Notre Dame team. But all those teams are at least 2-1. The only team, Arizona State, Colorado, and Stanford, and those are three teams that I don't think are that good. But outside of that, there's 10 teams that I like, and I'm not saying they're great. I'm not saying they could beat anybody in the country. Agreed. You have that many teams that are... Two and one, two of your better teams in the conference and future projections are right now two and one. They were one of the first teams to take a loss. And, and there's so many three and O teams in that conference. I got to give them a B plus. They are a lot better through three games than I thought. I'm not used to seeing. They, or- they are. They are. And I think the difference between me and you is I look at like Utah had a chance. They lost. Oregon had a chance. They got yeah. absolutely murdered. UCLA looks good. Cal lost to Notre Dame. That's a bad loss. So I think we're just grading them differently. I don't, I don't argue with like, I'm happy for this conference, but I, when I look at like if we started a imaginary, you know, sixty team tournament right now, I don't think they do very well. That's that's yeah, all. And I and I, and I do want to find out though in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and I do understand that, but just telling me that like Oregon State's going into the, well, it's a home game, but they're playing USC and they're less than a touchdown favorite against a USC team that I think could be a playoff team, like historically they struggle but still like that's telling me like okay vegas values oregon state a little bit like that's they don't fair. like no, these playoff contenders but they value them a little bit that the environment the atmosphere the way they're playing right now like they're a viable team against a usc team who and washington I, state I, has a great win against wisconsin, wisconsin maybe until yeah, like, we'll we don't saturday night we'll find out how good yeah it'll be how good of a win that was so we're gonna move on to the Big Twelve. I'm saving the Big Ten for last, in, in case you were wondering. I'm out. so we're gonna move on to the Big Twelve. Jeff, what's your Big Twelve grade right now? What did I have? So Big Twelve, I got as a C. I'll tell you why. I know, I know, you're killing me. But again, but again, like I like Oklahoma. I like Oklahoma State. Baylor's already lost, you know, their big game to BYU, who then turned around and found out we're not that good. Uh, the Texas Longhorns had their shot. I'm not, I'm not going to give them extra credit for being close to Alabama. So, you know, you got to, I'm just, as far as what you did for me now, Kansas, you know, is having a really good start to the season. Iowa state is, is what they are, but it's again, like there's only two teams that I see that can possibly make a playoff run. Um, so really I think this is even worse than the Pac-12. I think this is Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and everybody else is like trying to interrupt their season. So I think this is the most top-heavy. I mean, Texas Tech, yeah, West Virginia is just meh. A lot of, lot of, lot of just meh teams in here. I don't, uh, I don't think that. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to beat each other up. I think Oklahoma and Oklahoma State roll through it. Whoever wins that game is has a shot at the playoffs. 
So it looks like we're just playing good cop, bad cop here. Um, I gave them a B plus as well. Uh, really? And I don't think they're really playing that good of football, like good of I, football either. And and here's why it's but I do I'm judging harshly based on like can you win a national championship? You know, and, me. And I'm not like through three weeks. Look for three great. weeks, and 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 it's not about who's gonna have a national champion contender coming out, but it's I'm looking at their teams and their records. Like Kansas is three and oh right now. Like yes, absolutely. You know, so oh, one so, of my big surprises, by the way, was the basketball schools. Duke, Kansas, and Syracuse. Shout out to shout yeah, out to the they're playing schools. amazing football right now. So, but like Kansas being three and zero right now, Iowa State being three and zero, Oklahoma is probably a little bit better than we thought, but nobody's surprised they're three and zero right now. O- same with Oklahoma State. Um, they're they're probably better than we thought. That we didn't know if they'd be in the top ten, but they're still three and zero. Probably they're exactly as good as I thought. Well, yeah, but the, shout but the, out to Jim. You know, Right, like we thought, like we, we figured Oklahoma State wouldn't have a loss, shouldn't have a loss up to this point in their schedule. Uh, TCU's 2 0. Baylor's ranked. I know they took a loss already to BYU and it didn't look as good of a loss as once BYU. I thought Baylor looked bad. Beat. I thought Baylor is not a, I don't think they're a ranked team at the end of the year. Yeah, Texas Tech has had flashes of looking decent, but like you said, they've taken a loss. Um, I'm not going to kill, and, and here's why I won't, I will give cre- credit to Texas a little bit. For losing twenty to nineteen, I'm gonna tell you what, because I really, I fully believe they win that game if Quinn Ewers does not go down. Hundred percent, he, he was having his way, and still, so for you to lose your starting quarterback, and I understand their backup quarterback is a quality quarterback as well, but for you to lose your quarterback and then still be able to keep it close the whole game and basically have Alabama shaking in their boots, I give Texas a little bit of credit for that because, like, a lot of teams, if they lose it, if 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 Alabama loses Bryce Young in a tight, close game like that. They're not, they're not going to turn on the winning side either, I don't think. Especially, like, I, I'm not 100% sure. I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. But in a tight, close game where a team seems to have your number, like, Alabama didn't even have Texas's number at the time. Quinn Ewers goes down, and you still lose a tight, close game. So I'm going to give them a B plus. But, like I said, I, it seems like I'm a little bit lighter on everybody. Than- well, I think you're judging the, 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 com- like you're judging the conference as itself, and I'm judging them. You know, like if I'm in my imaginary like 64 team tournament, I think we're just judging them two different ways. But yeah, just two different what, ways. But fun. Sure, if we both come on here and we're like, I agree, that's no fun. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's everything true. you say is correct. But but right, that, and, and that's true too. So we'll move on to the ACC. What is your grade for the ACC? Uh, I had this has to be bad. Um, I went C plus. Um, just because they have a lot of teams still ranked, whatever that means. I think Clemson is the only playoff team in the conference again. Uh, Florida State's been a little better than I thought they were going to be. So I'm going to give them, you know, I'll give Florida State a little credit for that. Uh, Syracuse has been miles better than anybody thought they were going to be. So that's awesome. Uh, North Carolina State Wolfpack, I don't know what to make of them, but their record says that they're really good. Wake Forest, we're going to find out Saturday night exactly how good they are. So, their, their depth is better. Duke is better. Uh, Miami's worse. I think Pitt's pretty good. But th- to me, it's just all a bunch of like kind of like really average teams. And then I think Clemson. I think Clemson's really good, which is why I, I kind of put them up there. Uh, Boston College is bad. Like it's it it's not it's not they're just not good teams. Like if you match if you take all these teams and you play you know, matchups like they do in college basketball against like the SEC. I don't think they come out very well. So I'm not, I'm not super high on the SEC right now. I do think Clemson's very good. Yeah. So this is my lowest grade so far. I give them a B minus. Um, I don't believe a lot of the teams that are there right now. Yeah. 
this is where like I I don't believe a lot of the teams right now. I don't think they're sustainable. I don't think. I mean, come on now. Syracuse is sitting at three and zero. Like yeah. Duke is sitting at three and zero. Are we serious? Like North Carolina is sitting at three and zero. I think they have a high powered offense, and I think they could surprise, like upset a team. But like North Carolina sitting at three and zero, like are we serious? Like we're trying to convince ourselves that Virginia is a good team. Like are we serious? Like I think a lot of these teams fall off once conference play starts. Yeah, um, I think Wake Forest takes an L. I'm not sure if it's as big as everybody thinks. Um, Vegas doesn't think it's that big of a spread anyway against Clemson, but I think they could play Clemson close. I just think it it just it fits, and I think Clemson is a little early on coming into their own to being playoff contenders this year. So I think they are playoff contenders. But I think like they can be had coming into week four. I don't think they're in final form, but they also could absolutely dominate Wake Forest. And I would be not surprised. And I'll be like, okay, they're coming into final form, enter a conference play. But I just don't value a lot of the teams that are, are where they're at. Like NC State almost lost to, I forget who, but I mean, they played it tight to a team that they uh, were. East Carolina? Yeah, East Carolina. So like yeah. I'm not valuing the yeah. ACC as much, but I give them a B minus because they do have teams that are sitting at 3-0. and They have multiple teams, like a plethora of teams that are sitting at 3-0, and but I expect the ACC to break up and fall off very fast. Like in the next two weeks, I, I think we will look at them totally different in two weeks. Here's what I would say. If I was a kid, I would love to have Mo as my substitute teacher because you're the kindest grader, um, you know. Oh, we're back watching movies. If I'm, it was if funny I'm, is I gave ACC a better grade than the Big 12, but I think they're the worst conference. I don't yeah, even think it's close. Yeah, ACC falls off very – like two weeks, I think yeah, we're looking If it at, wasn't for – as soon as Clemson loses, if they do, which I don't think they do, um, it's we're having a whole different conversation. Yeah, so we'll move on. We got two more conferences. We won't take up too much more of y'all's time. SEC, what's your grade for the SEC? Um, I gave him a solid B plus, and mainly because, like, just Georgia and Alabama are good, good teams. Like we don't, we don't have to have a sit here and have a debate about whether they can go to the playoffs or not. Tennessee looks great. Uh, I like what Kentucky's done. I don't think they can be a playoff team just mainly because of their record or their <laughs> schedule. But, um, but they're, but they've done what they had to do. Um, you know, Florida's still ranked twenty, which is, I, I think that's mainly for TV than anything else. Um, but and I think that like Ole Miss is better than I thought. So. Texas A&M, they won. I, I think that's a, it's a pretty deep conference, and I think it's still like you got to give them credit for like they got a lot, a way more NFL players than like say the ACC and stuff like that. So, and and the top the top two or three teams are just like if you told me Tennessee's going to go to the playoffs, I'd be like, I believe you. This could be two, 2019 LSU, like you know. So I give the SEC like their wins. They've had some really good wins and uh it, yeah. it's hard to overlook that so i get i give them a solid b plus even though a and m is really what's holding them back like, yeah a and m was a big big and then it's penn state going down there and smashing auburn you know at their place really really hurt their grade yeah so for me oh, jeff i hate talking sec i gave him a um i gave him a they have a lot of and You're so good. No, I'm giving them a, a solid grade because you gave them a B plus. So I know, like, I, I'm not too bad here giving them an A. Uh, they're 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 great. They're they're great this year. Um, they have the best team in the country right now. Uh, I think through three weeks, if I had to pick a national champion, I think it would be Georgia versus Ohio State. And I think Georgia right now through three weeks would beat Ohio State. Uh, I think we got a couple levels to go up, and I think we'll we'll get there. I think, but. I think they have the best team in the country. They've been the most impressive. They won 
like I said, they put up 49. I was telling Jay the other day, they put up 49 points running tight end reverses and playing around on South Carolina. I kid you not. Like, I watched the whole game. They yeah. were doing tight end reverses. I mean, they let their wide receiver throw a pass. They, like, don't, they don't worry about the other team scoring. Yeah, That's they scary. They tripped into 49 points just playing around. Like, I wouldn't even say they opened the playbook. They're just like, hey, let's see if these plays work. So if we ever have to use them down the line, we yeah. will. But, I mean, they gave Brock Bowers, like, tight end reverses. I haven't seen that. But also, let's also say the other side of that, that was against an SEC team. So yeah. there is a bottom of the SEC that's not that good. But I do think, like, they were – I think South Carolina is probably the worst team in the SEC. Them and Vanderbilt. There's a surprise. I had no idea they were going to be this bad. Yeah, like them and them and Vanderbilt. And even if you look at their win-loss, you know, Vanderbilt's sitting at 3-1 right now. I, like, just think about it. Like, I know it's crazy, but I think when it's all said and done, I think Vanderbilt will be one of those worst teams. But, like you said, I mean, Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee on the east, like, and they all three look viable. Obviously, yeah. Georgia's the best of the best, but – Tennessee and Kentucky look really viable. You saw the east east of the SEC being this good, though. Exactly, and that's where, like, the West is always the dominant, and then it's, like, Georgia yeah. and maybe one other team, and that hard maybe is, like, yeah. we know they won't beat Georgia, but we'll see what they do against everybody else. I mean, you got Arkansas, K.J. Jefferson carrying that team. He's looking great right now. Uh, oh, I, I forgot about Arkansas. Goodness yeah, I, I mean, obviously, Alabama's Alabama. Ole They're Miss good. Ole Miss is looking great. Um, Texas A&M did take a bad loss. I think LSU was able to bounce back from the Florida State loss and beat Mississippi State. Well, a lot of people have Mississippi State beating LSU because they still think Mississippi State could be a, a fair team in the SEC and thought, like, you know, with the, the unimpressive loss by LSU, that Mississippi State would end up winning that game. But I just look at the SEC. They're loaded right now, but they will beat each other up, and the SEC will have a viable argument because I do think this year, like, Certain teams will fall off just for the fact of them beating each other up. So before we close out, we're going to go to the Big Ten. We're not going to stand. We're not going to stay there too long because we're going to close this show out. Okay. Jeff, Big Ten grade, give it to me. I just gave him a solid B. Uh, two two really good teams at the top. You know, Michigan and Ohio State look, look really good and look they look like viable teams. Penn State is better than I thought, especially after seeing them against you know a, a, at least a P five opponent last week. Um, the West is what we thought. I don't know how good Minnesota is. I think I was terrible. Find out more about Wisconsin. So I gave the Big Ten a lot of credit for the, their two teams at the top. I think can play with anybody in the country. So, you know, that, that, that puts them over the hump for me, Michigan state, that loss last week, you know, really hurt. Um, overall, I don't think, I think they're, they're third, probably the third best conference as of, as of right now. I think. The yeah. I, so I agree with you. I gave them a B as well. I, I right. have my third, uh, uh, well, actually I think they're four, but only because, if you it might be for yeah but first off like and it's because seeing other teams and we know the quality and we know what's coming up like a lot of these teams have ohio state on their schedule and if they don't have ohio state they have michigan on their schedule so a lot of these teams pretty much have a guaranteed loss the whole the entire big 10 east is undefeated right now outside of michigan state like the the one side is all yeah. three and oh right now obviously i don't see that staying pat but who would have thought like the whole big 10 east we know that's usually the, that is the stronger side of the conference but that's the stronger side of the conference because it's Ohio State, Michigan, and then typically yeah. Michigan State. And that's that's where your Big Ten champion comes from pretty much year in and year out. And then Wisconsin or Iowa, usually who's ever better, sometime Minnesota or Northwestern will sneak in there on a sneaky year. But I look at that, and the Big Ten East having a whole bunch of undefeated teams, like I got to give them, like it's, it's solid, it's quality. Penn State has a quality win and a blowout at Auburn. 
Um, Ohio State is just, it's Ohio State. They're one of the best teams in the country at the end of the day until proven otherwise. Uh, Michigan, the same way. They're one of the best teams in the country. Top five team in the country until proven otherwise. And I don't know if they'll get proven otherwise, either one of those, until they prove it against each other uh, in the in the game um, at the end of the year. So, but I look at Maryland and like, I'm going to see how Maryland, you know, pans out against Michigan. They're 17 and a half point favorites. Like, can they cover? I don't really care about the covering. I care about how you look though. I don't yeah. base my judgment on sports betting, but still like 17 and a half points. Like does Maryland have enough offense to make this close? Can they make Michigan shaking their boots for three and a half quarters? But we know Michigan is the more talented team and they pull away late. Like, I think that's a win for Maryland on how you value them. Like, Hey, they are a team that could be on the brink of upsetting a Penn state later on or Indiana. If Indiana continues to win until they have the game that you, whatever inevitable game they have. So I gave them a B, but you know, like I said, it is the two teams at the top. They got two of the top five teams. They have Penn state. Uh, We'll see how Wisconsin pans out. But like I said, we'll see how Maryland looks. I mean, if Maryland was to upset Michigan, like that shakes up the Big Ten as a whole because obviously Maryland's 4-0. They're going to be ranked beating a Michigan team. Michigan probably won't drop that far as long as they look good. It could be a good game. I don't know. I expect Michigan to really take care of business like they've been doing. I really do. Um, But I would love nothing more than to see Maryland beat Michigan and just get it out the way. And and a a shout-out to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. They're they're. Points for and against is one forty nine to seventeen on the year. Michigan's is one sixty six to seventeen. Like I, I don't care what the schedule is. I'm just putting out like the point difference is staggering in some. Yeah, of these they've schools. been handling. They've been handling they've business. Been handling business. That's what I said. Like a lot of people, Minnesota deserves all the credit they get until proven otherwise. That's yeah. that's the loss column. Like, yep, and that's and that's how I feel about a lot of these Big Ten teams. But for the East to everybody be undefeated except Michigan State is a surprise. So, I am Mo. That is Jeff. Jeff, I appreciate you for coming on uh, a little bit longer than I thought, but that's how we do when we talk college football. Uh, I still think it was a great quality show. Um, oh, so Jeff, I do appreciate you. Everybody, go follow Jeff at J Hunt 006. Go subscribe, like, and check out his latest episode as yours truly is on it. But go check out every episode. Go check out his Buckeye remix. Uh, he does a lot of coverage on college football. He is a college football guy. I, we we text and we talk on the side and talk about these games. So he's a guy who's opinion, like, especially when Ohio State's playing, like, I will text Jeff. I don't want to talk to nobody else but my dad and Jeff and Jake. That's it. Like, I don't want to hear anybody else. That's who I'm that talking about. That would be a good. That would be a good podcast, by the way. Yeah, like that's who I want to see. Like that's who I whose opinions I want. They're tougher than I am, uh, but I I, I think I've kind of got on Jeff and Jay's side a little bit because like I was panicking when it was seven to seven against Toledo, and my dad's like, "We gonna put up seventy, like just chill." I'm like, "Oh, we we let them come back and hey, score." You so, never know. You so I I, I think I'm I think I'm, Jeff and Jay are starting to rub off on me a little bit. So maybe I do need to block them during the Ohio State game instead of asking their thought process. I wouldn't blame you. Yeah, so Jeff, I do appreciate you for coming on. Uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in, listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment. Go to offtheballnetwork.com for all your sports needs and subscribe to Up in Flames on upinflamespod.substack.com. And on that note, Up in Flames is out.